ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله Verily the praise belongs to Allah we praise him seek his assistance and forgiveness and we seek refuge in Allah from the evil of ourselves and the evil consequences of our deeds Whoever Allah guides there is no one that can lead him astray and whoever Allah leads astray there is no one that can guide him I bear witness that nothing deserves to be worshiped except Allah alone and that he has no partners or associates and i bear witness that muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam is his slave servant and his messenger I'd like to begin the lecture this evening lecture number 11 from al ma'rifa fi ulum al hadith an introduction to the science of hadith by sheikh suhaib hasan abdul ghaffar hafizahullah may allah protect and preserve him uh by quickly reviewing the comments from the previous lecture from the section entitled uh, the classification of hadith according to the reliability and memory of the reporters and the classification of hadith according to the reliability and memory of the reporters uh, and the sheikh he has divided this section this last classification or last and major classification into four sections sahih al hasan الضعيف عن الموضوع the fabricated hadith last week we discussed as sahih in which uh, the sheikh he mentions and he just to summarize what he said that in the first generations the muslims divided the hadith or the scholars of hadith divided the hadith into two categories as sahih and as daif so the hadith were either classified as authentic or weak it they either fell into one of these categories and then later in the time of al-Imam At-Tirmidhi rahimahullah the third classification between the sahih and the da'if that is the classification of al-hasan became popular and widespread in that case some of the hadith which previously had been classified in the classification of da'if but they only had minor weaknesses some those hadith in many cases uh then at this point came under the category of hasan hasan li dhatihi that hadith which is yani a good and acceptable hadith in and of itself or hasan li ghayrihi that hadith which would originally and individually be considered as a weak hadith due to some minor defect but because of supporting narrations is raised up to the level of hasan hasan li ghayrihi yani hasan due to support of other narrations so these three categories he mentioned then yani became popular sahih hasan and daif and then he mentions the definition of as-sahih by imam al-shafi'i and the definition of ibn al-salah uh, and finally he mentions the uh, the seven gradings for the authentic hadith and those those gradings are related to the collections of al-bukhari and muslim yani the highest grade being those which are transmitted by both al-bukhari and muslim 
and the second grade, those transmitted by Al-Bukhari alone, then by Muslim alone, and then those which are in agreement or in accordance with the requirements of both Al-Bukhari and Muslim, followed by those which fulfill the requirements of Al-Bukhari alone, or those which fulfill the requirements of Muslim alone, being six categories related to Al-Bukhari and Muslim, and then finally, those hadith which are neither transmitted by Al-Bukhari nor Muslim, nor fulfill the conditions or requirements of Al-Bukhari and Muslim, but those hadith which were declared sahih by other scholars of hadith uh, who set a lesser stringent uh, uh, requirement for a hadith being classified as sahih. Yani the standard that they use or the requirements that they use were less than the standards of Al-Bukhari and Muslim. Nonetheless, those hadith are also considered to be sahih. That's the seventh grade of the hadith which are sahih. Uh, and we also mentioned yani from the handout the linguistic meaning and technical meaning of sahih. The linguistic meaning being the opposite of sick or defective. It means healthy. Sahih means healthy or sound. And the technical meaning includes five points. That which has been reported with number one, a connected chain of narrators. A complete connected chain of narratives. Ittisal as Senate. And this Senate, these, this chain should be contain it should contain narrators from the beginning of the chain until the end who are known to be to have two primary characteristics. Trustworthy or of good character. This is called Al Adala or Adl. He should be someone who is described as Adl. Trustworthy and of good character. And number three, accurate or of precise memory. And this person is called Babit. So these two characteristics should be the characteristics of those narrators who make up this complete unbroken chain. They should be both Adl, trustworthy and of good character, and Babit, accurate and precise of memory. And the last two conditions, we said, number four, that that hadith should be free of any contradicting of any contradiction of those who are more reliable. Yani there shouldn't be any contradiction in the hadith to another hadith who is which is reported by those who are more reliable. If it has contradictions, then it is called shaz. So it should be free of a contradiction of those who are more reliable. It should be free of shuruz. It shouldn't be shaz. And also it should be free of any hidden defect. Illa qadiha. It shouldn't have any defect that affects the authenticity of the hadith though it appears to be free of any defect. Any hadith which doesn't appear openly, it's not obvious that it has any defect, but after some research it is discovered that it has a hidden defect and that hidden defect actually affects the authenticity of the hadith and this is called illa qadiha. So in order for hadith to be sahih it should have these five should meet these five conditions, a complete chain of narrators connected without any break in it, including narrators who are both idle and garbage, of good character and precise, precise memory, and it should be free of shurur, any contradiction of those who are more reliable, and free of any illa qadiha, hidden defect. And then we gave some further explanation concerning these points in the note. The most important of them is that uh, in point number three, the following are the qualifications of a reporter who is trustworthy and good character. By trustworthy and good character, we mean a person who fulfills these five conditions. Number one, he is a Muslim 
Number two, valid of age of maturity. Number three, atil, same. Number four, not being fasted. Yani they should not be an immoral or sinner. And number five, an immoral sinner as well as included in the fifth is uh, innovation. The people of innovation are also considered to be fasted. And, uh, and lastly, it should not, uh, the, that person should not be of those who uh, have blameworthy manners or behavior. Can he act in a way that is uh, unacceptable in the society? Makhroom al marua So, in these five conditions, if a person fulfills them, we will say that he is of good character and trustworthy, and his narrations would be accepted. As for Bhabt, the Bab is accurate, precise memory, setting point number five, that this includes those who memorize and retain what they have heard verbatim until they report it to others just as they heard it, and it also includes those who accurately write down what they have heard and protect their records from any distortion until they narrate from their books exactly as it was recorded. So precise memory, it means that the person memorized by heart or that they write down what they heard and they preserve their, preserve, preserve their writing. Either of these is considered as a barbit. So if a person is adil and barbit, and everyone in that chain is adil and barbit, and there's no break in the chain, and there's no hidden defect, and there's no contradiction of those who are more reliable, this is what we call a hadith sahih. So we said the ruling for the hadith sahih is that it is obligatory to act upon it. This is according to the consensus of the scholars of hadith, uh, and all of those whose word is counted or considered from the scholars of usul and the scholars of fiqh. And it is a proof in the Sharia, and it is not permissible for anyone to leave off acting upon it. This is what we covered last week. And the rest of the handout, uh, we didn't get to Hassan and Daif, so we placed it on the handout for today, handout number 11, Hassan and Daif. So let us begin with a reading from the book, Al-Ma'arifa fi Ulum al-Hadith, page 33, where uh, Sheikh Suhaib says, Hassan, At-Tirmidhi means by Hadith Hassan, a Hadith which is not Shaz, a Hadith which is not Shaz, nor contains a disparaged reporter, nor does it contain a narrator or a reporter who has been criticized. And actually, in the, the actual definition, uh, the word that he used for a disparaged reporter is men yuhtam bil kadib, the person who has been accused of lying. And the isnad shouldn't be containing a person who has been accused of lying. A person who is muhtam Muttaham bin Kadib should not be in the Isnad. So he, make, he mentions two things here. One of them, the hadith should not be shaz. It should not contradict or differ from the narration that's reported by those who are more reliable, nor should it contain a reporter who is very, very weak, yani one who is accused of lying, and which is reported through more than one route of narration. Yani, and the hadith should be reported through more than one chain of narrators. 
And it shouldn't be from only one chain, but it should have at least two or more chains. This is the definition of a tirmidhi for the hadith hasan. Uh, then he mentions, and the important thing here is that the hadith shouldn't contain a very weak reporter, like one who's accused of lying, nor should it uh, have, not, nor should it contradict that which is more reliable than it, and it should be strengthened by being reported through another chain of narrators. This is the definition that Imam Tirmidhi gives for Hassan, and the Hassan hadith, it is considered to be less than the Sahih because its narrators are not as strong as the narrators in the Hadith which is Sahih. Al-Khattabi, who died in the year 388, states a very concise definition for the Hadith Hassan and he says, it is the one where its source is known. Yani its source means the chain of narrators, the people who narrated. Its source is known and its reporters are unambiguous. Uh, this means that uh, the chain of narrators through which that hadith is brought, it should be a known chain. It shouldn't be any, that which is unknown, it should, so that it can be tracked down to know its reliability. And likewise, uh, its narrators or its reporters should be known reporters, any those who are known uh, to be acceptable or reliable reporters. And he also said that, although it's not mentioned here, but he also mentioned in his definition, he said, after mentioning these words, he said that, and that this hadith is the hadith that uh, most of the scholars relied upon uh, and has been used by the majority of the scholars of fiqh. Yani the hadith Hassan. It is yani, the most widespread of hadith or the most yani, in number. It is accepted by most of the scholars and it is used by most of the fuqaha, the scholars of fiqh. Then the Shaykh says, by this he means that the reporters of the hadith should not be of doubtful nature, such as with the mursal or munqati'a hadith, or one containing a mudallis. Yani, the, the narrators, not being unambiguous, he said that they shouldn't be of doubtful nature, such as with the mursal or munqati'a, yani, we don't know if it is a mursal hadith, that means that from the tabi'i, there is a break. And we don't know who he narrates from, who narrated from the Prophet And the munqatiya is general, that there is a break somewhere in the hadith, wherever it may be, and therefore we don't know who the narrator is. But the narrators should be known. And also, it shouldn't contain a mudallis. Mudallis, tadris, we said, is a person who narrates from another who he met or who he heard hadith from but he narrates from him a hadith which he, which he didn't hear from him he heard hadith from him or he at least met him but the hadith he's reporting from that person he didn't hear that hadith from him which means 
that he heard it from a third party who heard it from that particular sheikh. But he deleted the third party in between him and the sheikh and reported it as though he heard it directly from the sheikh. And he reported it with such words such as an on the authority of which could be understood to mean that he heard it directly and it also might mean he heard it indirectly, it's not clear. So whoever narrates like this, also it shouldn't be accepted because we don't know uh, who he really heard the hadith from. So this is the meaning of Al-Khattabi's uh, definition that it shouldn't be, uh, يعني, uh, should, it shouldn't include reporters who are unknown or unambiguous or who uh, we don't, يعني, we, we can't track down exactly who they heard the hadith from. The next uh, definition he gives, the definition of Ibn Salah, Rahimahullah, who classifies Hassan into two categories. And Ibn Salah actually makes a very lengthy definition, two lengthy definitions for the hadith Hassan. Uh, in here, Sheikh Suhaib mentions and those definitions. He summarizes those definitions, saying the first definition is one, one definition of hadith Hassan, one with an isnad containing a reporter who is mastur, mastur. Mastur, he says, means screened. That is, no prominent person reported from him. The technical meaning of mastur, to be exact, it means a reporter who more than one, uh, more than one narrator has has reported from him, but. He has not been confirmed, and his accuracy in reporting, his preciseness in narrating has not been confirmed. Mastur, some of the scholars said, it means that his character is known, and he was seen to perform the prayers in Jama'ah and things like this. In terms of his character, he's okay. But what is screened, or what is unknown, is his accuracy in reporting. And nobody has confirmed him as being a precise uh, or accurate narrator. So, uh, this kind of reporter, Yani, has يعني, a degree of weakness because he has not been confirmed in terms of his accuracy or precision in reporting. And we said that the two characteristics which are necessary for a reporter to be accepted is that he should be of good character and accurate or precise in narrating. So, here he uses the word mastur, screen, meaning his accuracy in reporting is unknown. None of the great scholars has confirmed him as being accurate in reporting. So, the first definition, one with an isnad containing a reporter who is mastur, screened. That is, no prominent person has reported for him or confirmed him as an accurate reporter, but is not totally careless in his reporting. And he's not totally careless in his reporting. That means that <coughs> he's not one known to have fallen into many mistakes or to be unmindful or negligent, or inattentive, totally. Although, it's not clear how accurate he really is. But in any case, it's not known, he hasn't been identified as one of those reporters who made many mistakes and were unfi- unmindful in listening to the hadith 
and therefore make, make mistakes in reporting them later. Uh, and also, he says, provided that a similar text is reported to another isnad as well. And this is the summary of the definition, the first definition of Ibn Salah, that the isnad shouldn't contain a reporter who's mastur, but is not totally careless in his reporting. And his accuracy is not really clear, but he's not a bad, yani, he, he hasn't been identified as a bad reporter. And with the condition that a similar text is reported to another isnad as well. Yeah, and to support him that there's another metan, another text that is reported through a different chain of narrators, which would be in support of his narration, which leads us to believe that his narration is accurate since it's supported by another. Uh, <clears throat> also, actually in the the exact definition of Ibn Salah here, he also said that it shouldn't contain a reporter who was accused of lying. Yeah, it shouldn't contain a reporter who is known to have intentionally lied in his reporting of hadith. Uh, in addition to the fact that it should be narrated through other chains which give support to that which he has narrated. And then he says also it shouldn't be shaz and it shouldn't be munkar. Yani this is in the this is also included in the first definition, which is yani, which I said is summarized here. But also Ibn Salah said that hadith shouldn't be shaz and it shouldn't be munkar. If the hadith is shaz then that means it's contradicted by someone who's more reliable. It wouldn't be it wouldn't be accepted as Hassan, but it would be rejected as a weak hadith. And if it's Munkar, likewise it would be rejected as a weak hadith. The second definition that Ibn Salah gives is one with an isnad containing a reporter who is known to be truthful and reliable. Yani in that isnad its reporters are known to be truthful and reliable, but is a degree less in his preservation or memory of hadith in comparison to the reporters of Sahih hadith. And here, uh, this definition is a little different than the first one. Here he's saying that the person is truthful and reliable, and is truthful in character and reliable in their memory, but a little less degree than the memory of those whose hadith will be considered sahih. So this actually, this definition is closer to the definition of the hadith which is hasan in and of itself, independently by itself. Yani the narrators who are of good character and also of good memory, but the memory is a slight degree below the accuracy and precision of the narrators of hadith sahih. Whereas the first definition contains lesser reporters, and it's those who, who, who are not so accurate, but not very, very bad in reporting, which require another chain of narrators to support what they have narrated. This actually, this first definition is the definition of a hadith that normally would have been considered da'if, but has a small weakness, which if it's supported by another chain of narration reporting something similar, it will be يعني, strengthened and raised up 
to Hassan Hassan, yani because it's supported by others. So here, Ibn Salah gives two definitions. One of them, the first definition he gave is perhaps closer to the definition of Hassan لغيره. Yani Hassan because it's supported by other narrations. Whereas the second one is closer to the definition of Hassan لذاته. Hassan in and of itself, yani independent of any supporting narrations. Uh, and in this definition, Also, and even Salah makes it clear that the person is of good character, good character, they are known for Siddiq and Amana, for truthfulness and fulfilling the trust and being trustworthy, except that their memory is not of the same standard in terms of any accuracy and precision as those who, whose hadith would be considered Sahih. But likewise, yani, their memory, though it's a little less than the narrative of Sahih, their hadith would not be rejected if they narrated a hadith alone. And yani, if they were the only narrator of a hadith, it would still be accepted because their memories are basically good but not equal to those of Sahih. Whereas those memory are poor, if there was no supporting narration, like in the first definition, if there was no supporting narration for it, their hadith would be rejected. So. Yani, the difference between these two definitions is that the first one contains reporters whose memory are not that bad but also not very accurate. So they need other chains of narration to support them. This hadith is Hassan by support of other narrations that's called Hassan Ghayrihi. The second uh, definition is the hadith which contains those whose memories are good but not perfect Though if they narrate something alone, it's acceptable. It doesn't require supporting narration. This one is Hassan Lizatihi. Any Hassan in and of itself alone without supporting narrations. Then the Shaykh says, in both categories, Ibn Salah requires that the hadith be free of any shuhud. Yani it shouldn't be shad, it shouldn't have any irregularities or contradictions of those who are more reliable. Uh, and also, it shouldn't be munkar. It shouldn't, yani, uh, yani shad and munkar mean that the narrator, who is a reliable reporter, is opposed by somebody who's more reliable, that's shad, and the one who is a weak reporter is contradicted by somebody who's more reliable, that's munkar. So, in any case, it shouldn't have any contradiction. Whether the person is a weak reporter or a strong reporter, his, his reports shouldn't be contradicted or opposed or differed by those who are stronger than him. Uh, in both categories, uh, then he says, Al-Zahabi, and Imam Al-Zahabi, rahimahullah, after giving the various definitions, a uh, number of definitions of, of Hassan says, and this is a very important point here, a Hassan hadith is one which excels the da'if but nevertheless does not reach the standard of a sahih hadith and a hasan hadith this category of hadith is a hadith which is stronger than the da'if hadith but it doesn't quite reach the standard of the sahih hadith in light of this definition the following isnads are hasan according to Al-Zahabi. And according to Al-Zahabi, these chains of narration are considered to be Hassan. Yani, they're higher than the Da'if, 
but not quite reaching the level of Sahih. Bahaz Ibn Hakim or Ibn Hakim from his father, from his grandfather. The second one, Amr Ibn Shu'ib from his father, from his grandfather. Yani Amr ibn Shu'ib, his grandfather was Sahabi, and so also Bahaz, his grandfather was Sahabi. And the third is Nad Muhammad ibn Amr from Abu Salama, from Abu Hurairah. All of these are chains of narration which contain narrators whose level of precision or accuracy in narrating, narrating is not equal to the standard of Sahih, but it's higher than the standard of Da'if, and therefore this would be considered as a Hassan Hadith. And then he says, reporters such as Al-Harif ibn Abdullah and Asim ibn Bamra and Hajjaj ibn Arfat and Khusayf Ibn Abdul Rahman and Darraj Abi Samah that these narrators attract different verdicts يعني, he means to say that the scholars differed about them what class to put them in some traditionists declare their hadith, their ahadith hasan, others declare them da'if. And these narrators are sort of on the border. Some of the scholars said that they are hasan, while others said no, they are da'if. And this is the cause of some hadith by some scholars being classified as da'if, while another scholar declared the hadith as hasan. Because these narratives which are in between are not clearly on the level of Hassan nor clearly below the level of Hassan and Da'if, the scholars differ. Some said no, they, their hadith are Hassan and some said no, their hadith are Da'if. So depending on the, the opinion of the scholar concerning any one of these narratives, he would have declared the hadith to be Hassan or Da'if. Malik Abu Dawood al-Tirmidhi and al-Hakim reported through their isnads from Amr ibn Shu'ayb, from his father, from his grandfather, the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Al-Raqib Shaytan, Al-Raqiban, Shaytanan, Wal-Thalafatu Ruqab. That a single rider is a devil, that is disobedient. It's disobedience to travel alone. Two riders are two devils. And it's also disobedience. But three makes a traveling party. And it's from the Sunnah, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, that a person shouldn't travel alone but they should try to make a party of at least three. Al-Tirmidhi declares this hadith to be Hassan because of the above Isnad, the Isnad of Amr ibn Shu'ayb from his father from his grandfather, which falls short of the requirements of a Sahih hadith. And it falls short of being Sahih, but those narrators are sufficient for the hadith to be declared, to be declared Hassan. Then the Shaykh says concerning hadith supporting other hadith 
according to the definition, several weak hadith may mutually support each other to the level of hasan. Yani if there are several weak hadith which have a minor weakness and yani the chains of them have some weakness in it but the text that they are reporting is the same then those that text or that report coming to us through more than one chain of narrators those chains may support one another and raise it up to the level of hasan that would be hasan lighayrihi here he says according to the definitions of at-tirmidhi and ibn salah Yani, Ibn Salah's definition, the first definition that he gave of those two definitions and the definition of Al-Tirmidhi, according to their definitions, a number of similar weak ahadith on a particular issue can be raised to the degree of Hassan if the weakness found in their reports is of a mild nature. And if the weakness is of a mild nature, not a major weakness. Yani, maybe the narrator has some weakness in his memory. He's not a good yani, strong memorizer. He's say al Meaning that his narrations, his accurate reports are equal to his mistakes. Yani they're equal. He makes, yani he gets it correct as much as he gets it wrong, 50-50. So his reports are, yani considered to be weak. Because he, he, he gets them wrong as much as he gets them right. But if he's supported by someone else, equal to him in memory or better than him, then this leads us to believe that in this case, this particular report, which is supported by another chain, it leads us to believe that he was correct in this one. So, if it is of a mild nature, then they may support one another. Such a hadith is known as Hassan لِغَيْرِهِ Hassan due to others. To distinguish it from the type previously discussed. Yani the previously discussed hadith is the Hassan. The hadith that's Hassan in and of itself. It doesn't require supporting chains. But this one requires supporting chains. Therefore, it's called Hassan لِغَيْرِهِ Hassan due to others or due to support of others to distinguish it from the previously the type previously discussed which is Hassan لذاته Hassan in itself yani independently in and of itself it is considered Hassan so there are two types of Hassan Hassan لذاته the one that is Hassan in and of itself and the Hassan لغيره the one that it becomes Hassan is raised to Hassan by support of others Similarly, several Hassan ahadith on the same subject may make the hadith sahih لغيره يعني if a hadith is originally Hassan which means that its reporters or one of its reporters his accuracy or precision in narrating is not of the highest level but he is a good narrator if it's supported, what he narrates is supported by other chains who contain reporters equal to him or better then it may be raised up to the level of Sahih. But it is called Sahih لِغَيْرِهِ Sahih due to the support of, of other narrations. And this Sahih لِغَيْرِهِ is to be distinguished from the previously discussed Sahih لِذَاتِهِ And so what we discussed already in the last week was Sahih, the one that Sahih in and of itself, Sahih لِذَاتِهِ And we discussed today Hassan لِذَاتِهِ And now he's talking about those hadith which are raised up due to supporting chains. If it was if it has a slight weakness, it may be raised up to Hassan. But Hassan Lighayrihi due to supporting narrations. And if it was already Hassan in and of itself, due to supporting narrations, it may be raised up to Sahih Lighayrihi. However, in case the weakness is severe, for example the reporter is accused of lying or the hadith is itself shav, any in opposition to that which has been reported by those who are stronger or more reliable, 
such very weak ahadith will not support each other and will remain weak. And if there is a person who is muttaham, bil kazib, he has been accused of lying, or it's known that he fabricated hadith, or uh, he, what he reports is opposed or different or in conflict with what is reported by those who are more than him or more reliable than him, then such a hadith is called mawdu'a or matruq, or in this case shaz. These hadith cannot be supported by other chains. Even if a hundred chains came to support them, it will not be accepted. Because the hadith that can be raised up by support is the hadith that has a minor weakness. But if there is somebody who is known to have fabricated hadith, that hadith is mawdu'a. It cannot be supported and raised up. If the person is accused of lying, accused of it, but not proven, then that person's credibility is also damaged. His hadith is called matruq, and it cannot be raised up. And if his hadith, if he is normally a reliable recorder, but he uh, reports that which is indifferent or in conflict with those who are more reliable than him, that hadith is shad. A shad hadith cannot be raised up because it's a serious weakness. So all of these serious types of weaknesses uh, cannot be supported. They cannot support another hadith, nor can other hadith support them. Such very weak hadith will not support each other and will remain weak. For example, the well-known hadith, من حفظ على أمتي أربعين حديثاً بعثه الله يوم القيامة في زمرة الفقهاء That he who preserves or memorizes 40 hadith for my ummah be raised by Allah on the day of resurrection among the fuqaha, the scholars of hadith or the men of understanding. This hadith has been declared to be da'if by most of the traditionists, although it's reported through several routes or several chains, several isnads. So such a hadith that has a serious weakness, even if it came through many chains, it would not be raised up. Concerning uh, <coughs> what we discussed so far in the handout, you'll see that we mentioned Hassan Nizatihi in today's handout. There are some changes in the handout that we gave last week, which included Hassan and Da'if, but we didn't cover it last week. So here, in today's handout, you should pay attention to the one from today, because it has some slight changes in it. Hassan li-dhatihi means independently acceptable, without support from others. Hassan li-dhatihi. Linguistically, Hassan means a good, means good, handsome, or beautiful. And technically, that which fulfills the five conditions of a Sahih Hadith. It fulfills the, the five conditions of a Sahih Hadith, except that the accuracy or precision of one or, of one or more of its narrators is of a lesser standard than the narratives of a Sahih Hadith. What are those five conditions? Number one, Ittisal Senate, complete, unbroken chain. Adl, that the narrator is good character. And three, Babit, accurate or precise in narrating. And four, not being shaz, not being contradicted to those who are more reliable. And number five, not having any illa, qadiha, not having any hidden defect. So all of these conditions are fulfilled, like for the hadith sahih, except that the accuracy or precision of one or more of its narrators is of a lesser standard than the narrators of a sahih hadith. This is the uh, hadith or the definition of Al-Hafiz ibn Hajar al-Asqini or other scholars gave various other definitions, but this is the definition that is most commonly accepted. The ruling concerning hadith Hassan, Hassan li dhatihi, the one that is Hassan independent in and of itself, is the same as for the Sahih, except that it is less than the Sahih in strength. For this reason, all of the scholars of fit use it as a proof and acted upon it. Likewise, the overwhelming majority of the scholars of Hadith and Usul use it as a proof. 
some of the more lenient scholars, such as Al-Hakim, Ibn Hibban, and Ibn Khuzayma, even included it in the class of Sahih. Yani, some of the scholars took a hadith of this level, who fulfilled the five conditions except that the accuracy of its narratives was less than that high standard for Sahih. Some of them even included these hadith in the category of Sahih. The subdivisions of Sahih and Hassan. The subdivisions of Sahih and Hassan are Sahih li-ghayrihi and Hassan li-ghayrihi. Sahih li-ghayrihi means raised up to Sahih due to support from other narrations. This is a hadith which is Hassan on its own merit. And if Sahih li-ghayrihi is a, hasan, a hadith which is Hassan on its own merit and then is reported by another chain of narrators similar to it in strength or stronger which supports it and raises it to the level of Sahih. It is higher than the hadith which is Hassan li-dhatihi but lower than the hadith which is Sahih li-dhatihi. And Hassan li-ghayrihi is higher than the Hassan. Or Hassan uh, Sahih li-ghayrihi is higher than Hassan li-dhatihi because it is originally Hassan li-dhatihi. But when it's supported by other narrations, it becomes stronger and raised up to a higher level and therefore we call it Sahih. Sahih li-ghayrihi. Sahih due to support of other narrations. But it's not equal to the Sahih which is يعني, independently Sahih in and of itself. Sahih li-dhatihi. It's not equal to that but it's higher than the one which is Hassan li-dhatihi. So Sahih li-ghayrihi was originally a Hassan hadith but due to supporting narrations is raised up to the level of Sahih Its ruling it may be used as a proof in religious matters. Any the hadith which is Sahih we consider it as a Sahih hadith, but we say to indicate that it was originally on the level of Hassan, but it was raised up to Sahih due to supporting narration. So it is used as a proof in religious matters. Hassan the hadith which is Hassan raised up to Hassan. It's raised up to Hassan due to support from other narrations. This is a hadith which is originally da'if, but due to other chains of narrators reporting the same metin, the same text, literally or in meaning, yani the same exact text or a text of similar meaning. It is strengthened and considered hasan li-ghayrihi. Hasan due to the support of other narrations. That hadith, it has a minor weakness and because the same text or a similar text in meaning came through other chains, then it's supported and raised up from Da'if to Hassan. But Hassan li-ghayrihi. Whenever we say Hassan li-ghayrihi, then you should know that that hadith, the chain that it came by by itself would have been considered Da'if. But because it has support, it's raised up to Hassan. The conditions for hadith Hassan li-ghayrihi are very important. Because not every hadith which is Da'if can be raised up to Hassan li-ghayrihi. The conditions are that it be narrated through one or more additional chains equal in strength or stronger than the original chain. Yani that chain that it was first narrated by, it has a small weakness. But there are more chains which are equal to it, which also have a small weakness or even stronger than it, supporting that text. That's the first condition. The second condition, that the reason for the original weakness was one of the following. And yani the reason why that hadith was considered weak is because a narrator who has a poor, because of a narrator who has a poor memory. Yani a narrator, one of the narrators in the Isnad has a poor memory. Not a very terrible memory, but yani, it means that their memory is like 50-50. They get it right, yani, the same number of times they get it wrong. Or a missing link in the chain, or there's a break in the chain, it's munqati'ah, or mursal, a missing link, and we don't know who it is. Or a narrator being majhul, 
an unaccredited narrator. Yani a narrator who is majhul, they normally say majhul is unknown. But actually, the meaning of majhul, there are two types of majhul. One, both of them are known. We know who he is. The first one is majhul al-ayn, the one who only one person narrated from him. Out of all people, only one person, we only found one person reporting from him. There are no other people who, had, who were his students who reported from him. So we know who he is because one person narrated from him, but there's no credibility. Nobody said he is an accurate, precise narrator. Majhul, majhul al-hal, the second majhul, is the one who more than one person narrated from, two or more. But also nobody confirmed him as an accurate or precise narrator. So both of them, we know who they are, but neither of them, their credibility or accuracy or precision in narrating has been confirmed. This is why they call majhul unknown, meaning we, we don't know what their accuracy is in reporting. Not we don't know who the person is. The person who is majhul, we know who he is, but we just don't know about his accuracy in reporting. So if a person is majhul, also it's a minor weakness which can be supported if other chains of narrators, different chains of narrators, reported the same text. If there's a missing link, or a narrator who's majhul, or a narrator who has a weak memory, all of these kinds of weaknesses can be raised up, can be supported if other chains of narrators report the same thing. It should not be due to, but it should not be due to a narrator being of immoral character being accused of lying in his dealings with others, nor fabricating hadith against the Prophet If a person is of immoral character, or is accused of lying in his dealings with the people, or has been known to have fabricated hadith from the Prophet these kinds of weaknesses are too serious, and they, their hadith are rejected. The ruling concerning this hadith, Hassan لِغَيْرِهِ is that it may be used as a proof in religious matters. Yani even though it was originally considered as da'if, but a minor weakness, therefore when it's supported, it can be raised up to hasan li and it is an acceptable proof in religious matters, in halal and haram, as well as in matters of aqidah and so on. It is accepted, it is an acceptable hadith, and we will use it as a proof in the sharia. How much time remaining? Okay, let's quickly look at Da'if. Uh, the Sheikh says on page 35, Da'if, a hadith. Break in the ismag, in the chain of narratives. In which case the hadith could be morsal, break after the Sahabi, Mu'allaq, break from the narrator of the hadith like Bukhari or Muslim, Mudallas, somebody who didn't identify who his shaykh was but he reported through somebody else, Munqatiya, a break anywhere in the Isnad, or Mu'adal, two consecutive, consecutive breaks in the chain. All of these are discontinuity in the Isnad. Yani, this is one of the usual reasons why hadith would be considered as da'if. According to the precise nature of the discontinuity or one of a reporter having a disparate character. Yani one of the reasons is that it could have a break in the chain which he said it may be mursal, mu'allak, mudallas, munqati or mu'adal or it may be that one of the reporters has a disparate character and he has been criticized such as due to his telling lies, as excessive mistakes, opposition to the narration of more reliable sources or involvement in innovation or ambiguity surrounding his person. 
Yani, this means that person of disparaged character means he has been not attacked in his accuracy in reporting, but he has been criticized in terms of his character, his adala. That means, and he, he mentions here due to telling lies. Meaning, if a person was known to tell lies in his general dealings with people, muttahim bil kadir. He is one who is accused of lying. It, there is suspicion that he may have lied in his narrating of hadith. Excessive mistakes. And he, he makes many, not the one who has just a weak memory, but the one who has a very bad memory, who makes a lot of mistakes. Yani too many mistakes. Make much, much more than he gets correct. Or opposition to the narration of more reliable sources. This is shad or munkar. If he is a reliable reporter who narrates in opposition to those who are more reliable, then it's shad. If he's a weak reporter who narrates in opposition to those who are more reliable, then it's munkar. Or involvement in innovation, bid'ah, the people of innovation, or ambiguity surrounding his person. And he said that these are causes for hadith generally to be considered sahih. I think he means ambiguity surrounding his person, Allahu alam. Perhaps he means majhul, a narrator who is majhul, meaning uh, his, his reliability as a reporter is unknown, majhul. Because normally majhul is translated like this, unknown or ambiguous or something like that. Perhaps that's what he means. So these are some of the causes why hadith would be considered hadith uh, as weak. And these two, all of these things that he mentioned here, may be classified into two categories. One, breaks in the isnad. Or two, uh, criticisms of the narrators themselves. Criticism of their accuracy or criticism of their character. Making excessive mistakes is in their accuracy and being involved in innovation is in their character. So if you look at these things, you see that all of them is either talking about the narrators themselves, their character or their accuracy or precision in reporting, or a break in the chain of narrators. The smaller the number and importance of defects, the lesser, less severe the weakness. Yani the less number of defects, or the less severe the defects, the less severe the weakness of the hadith. The more the defects in number and severity, the closer the hadith will be, to being mawdu'ah, fabricated. And the more defects it has in the hadith, more than one or two or three, or severe defects, then that hadith would come closer and closer to being considered as fabricated, mawdu'ah. Some ahadith, according to the variation in the nature of the weakness associated with its reporters, according to the nature of the weakness associated with the narrators of that hadith, rank at the bottom of the Hassan grade or at the top of the Da'if grade. Yani, de- depending on what weakness has been identified in that reporter, it may be at the bottom of the Hassan, yani the, the weakest of Hassan hadith, which is close to Da'if, or it may be at the top of Da'if hadith, which is close to Hassan. Those are the narrators that, the, that Imam al-Zahabi mentioned earlier on page 34, yani those who they get varying verdicts. Some traditionists declare the hadith Hassan and others declare them as Da'if. So, uh, depending on what weakness has been identified for the reporter, that hadith may be at the bottom of Hassan, but it's still Hassan, but it's of the weakest of Hassan, or maybe at the top of Da'if. It's Da'if, but it's a very minor weakness, and it can easily be supported by other narrations. Reporters such as Abdul ibn Nahiya, the famous judge from Egypt, Abdurrahman ibn Zayd al-Aslam, Abu Bakr ibn Abi Maryam al-Hamsi, Faraj ibn Fadala, and Rishdeen ibn Sa'ad attract such types of varying ranks as they are neither extremely good preservers nor totally abandoned by the traditionists. Yani, 
They are not considered of the highest rank, nor are they totally abandoned, considered of the weaker people. But they are sort of in between. And for this reason, their hadith are sometimes considered as hasan, but the lowest degree of hasan, and sometimes the hadith are considered as da'if, but only small yani, weakness, which can be supported or raised up by supporting narrations. Concerning da'if in the handout, we said that da'if linguistically means opposite of the strong. Da'if means weak, opposite of strong. Technically, that which does not fulfill the conditions of sahih, yani, weak or da'if, it means technically that which does not fulfill the conditions of sahih nor the hasan hadith. Yani, if it doesn't fulfill the conditions of sahih nor hasan, then everything who doesn't fulfill the condition of hasan is less than that, it's, it's, it's da'if. And this is due to the absence of one or more of its conditions. If it has one condition missing of those five conditions of sahih, or the five conditions of Hassan which include that the memory or precision of the, re- of the reporter is a little less than the Sahih. If any one of those conditions are missing, or more than one, then that hadith will be considered da'if. Even if one condition is not fulfilled, it will be considered as da'if. And just as there are levels of the Sahih, there are also levels of the weak. The weaker the narrators, the weaker it becomes. And in the weaker the reporters, the weaker the hadith is considered, ranging through those which are considered da'if, weak, or da'if jiddan, very weak, wahi, baseless, munkar, weak and contradicting something more authentic. Yani not only is it weak, but it's also contradicting or opposing that which is more authentic, which is really very, very, a very, very low level of weakness, and yani one of the strongest weaknesses, or mawdu'a fabricated. And between munkar and mawdu'a, it should be matruq. Uh, so these, yani the fabricated is the worst of the rejected reports. These are, according to the weakness of the reporter, the hadith would be judged accordingly. The ruling concerning da'if hadith, some of the great scholars amongst them, Imams al-Bukhari, Muslim, Ibn Ma'in, Yahya Ibn Ma'in, and Ibn Hazm, Rahimahumullah, may Allah have mercy on all of them, hold that the weak hadith is rejected outright, and not to be acted upon as it is not knowledge. And it's weak. We cannot consider this as real knowledge because we are totally uncertain about its authenticity. So it should not be used in any way. Weak hadith we mean not the hasan lighayrihi, yani the one that's raised up or supported, but we mean the one that's not supported and is considered as weak, it shouldn't be used. Other scholars hold that it may be acted upon if conditions are met. And then only with regards to encouragement for doing good or avoiding evil. Yani if these conditions are met, some scholars said you can use it in encouraging the doing of good, in fadail al-a'mal, in the encouragement of doing good deeds, or in avoiding evil. But not in matters of aqidah, and not in the lawful and unlawful, in sharia, in declaring what's halal or, or, or haram, but only in encouraging the doing of good deeds. In that area, you can use it if these conditions are met. The conditions are explained by Ibn Hajj al-Asqalani, rahimahullah, number one, that its weakness is not severe. And it should have a minor weakness. As we said, it should have a minor weakness like a break in the chain, one break in the chain, or a narrator who is majhul, who is not confirmed, or a narrator who has a weak memory, and whose you know, correct narrations are equal to his mistakes. These are minor weaknesses. If it has a minor weakness, 
then that's the first condition. But if it has a major weakness like a person who is known to fabricate hadith, or a person who is accused of lying, or a person who is a fasik, or a person who is from Ahl Bidah, then these, their narrations, we should not use them at all. The second condition is that it falls under something general, already established in the Sharia. Like Salatul Duha, for example, Salatul Duha, the Salat that you perform after any time after sunrise until Zuhur, until the, the sun is directly overhead. This Salatul Duha is legislated in the Sunnah. It's confirmed by authentic hadith. There are some hadith related to Salatul Duha, for example, that said whoever prays Salatul Duha would enter paradise or something, whatever. That hadith may be narrated through a weak chain, which has a minor weakness. The action of Salatul Duha itself is confirmed in the Sharia, but the reward that's mentioned in that hadith is not confirmed. It's narrated through a da'if hadith. So if the hadith has a, a minor weakness, and it falls under something general, already established in the Sharia, like in this case, it's already established, Salatul Duha is already established. Then in that case, this is the second condition, that it should be established by another proof from the Qur'an or Sunnah, Though the specifics in that يعني, point, يعني, the encouragement to doing good, for example in that hadith, or discouragement from doing evil, maybe there's, يعني, whoever drinks alcohol would, would, would never uh, smell the scent of paradise. Drinking alcohol is prohibited in the Sharia, that's well known. But whether or not the person who drinks alcohol would never smell the scent of paradise, that's questionable. But this hadith is in discouraging people, or turning people away from evil. So in that case, if the, the prohibition itself is established in the Sharia, and the hadith is narrated only by a minor weakness, in that case, since it's generally established, then this is the second condition. The third condition is that it's not considered to be something established, or having come from the Prophet ﷺ. It shouldn't be considered as something established from the Prophet, or that it is confirmed from the Prophet ﷺ. Yani when a person reads that hadith and acts on it, they shouldn't have in their heart the idea that this is really a statement from the Messenger of Allah Wasallam. They shouldn't feel that it's established, that it's confirmed. And they shouldn't tell it to people. They shouldn't report it to people saying, Qala Rasul Wasallam." Because the third condition is that it is not considered to be something established from the Prophet. So how can you say the Messenger of Allah Wasallam said? As people are doing today, they are narrating weak hadith. And they're saying, but some of the scholars said you can narrate weak hadith. But they said you can narrate weak hadith if it has a minor weakness and the thing it's talking about is already confirmed in other evidences from the Sharia and then you shouldn't consider it as being from the Prophet you shouldn't say he said it and you shouldn't have in your heart the belief that he really said it but you are only acting upon it yani, because of the possibility that perhaps it may be what is mentioned as a reward or punishment in it, it may be true but as for you refraining from that evil deed, you already know that you should refrain from it. As for you in, uh, uh, committing or engaging in that good deed, you already know that it's confirmed that you should be doing it. But here, in that hadith, maybe there is some encouragement to do it because there is some reward mentioned. That reward, we cannot confirm it. We cannot say the Prophet said it. But we only use it as an inspiration for us to do the good deeds that are already confirmed in the Sharia. Or to refrain from the evil deeds that are already confirmed in the Sharia. So these three conditions are very important for the use of a weak hadith according to those scholars who said you may use a weak hadith. As for the other scholars like Alim al-Bukhari and Muslim Ibn Ma'in and the other scholars, they said you can't use a weak hadith in any condition. You shouldn't use it at all. And that what has been narrated to us and transmitted of authentic hadith are sufficient. There's no need to use the weak hadith. This is the end of what we wanted to say today.
And inshallah next week we'll talk with uh, talk about the hadith and mawdu'a. Subhanakallahumma wa bihamdika ashadu la ilaha illa anta astaghfiruka wa atubu ilayk. If there are any comments or questions or corrections inshallah. If the sisters have any questions you can send them all now. Accounts? Yeah. You mean about the lives? No, it, it's not uh, considered as <coughs> as hadith. The accounts of the lives and actions of the of the rulers of the Muslims, Abu Bakr and Umar and Uthman and Ali, after the death of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam, it is uh, this is classified as uh, a tarikh al-Islami, Islamic history. But as for hadith, no, it's not hadith because hadith includes that which has been reported from the Prophet ﷺ of his sayings, his actions, and that which he approved of or disapproved of. I mean, what was done in his presence, in his presence, and he approved of it or disapproved of it. Or if it wasn't in his presence, but he came to know about it, that someone said or did something, and he approved of it or disapproved of it. This is what is considered from the Sunnah. What he said himself, what he did himself, and what was done in his presence, or he came to know about it in his lifetime, and he approved of it. This is the Sunnah. This is what we classify as, as Hadith. I mean the reports of these things. The Hadith are the reports of what the Prophet said, and what he did, and what he approved of. But as for the actions of Sahaba, if it was in the lifetime of the Prophet ﷺ, in his lifetime, and he saw it, or heard of it, or came to know about it, and approved of it, it's part of the Sunnah. It will, be, it will come under Hadith. But after his lifetime, no. It will not come under Hadith. But you may say it is the Athar. Or those narrations or reports that came from the companions. It is considered Athar. We said in the beginning that there are some different classifications similar to Hadith. From amongst them is Athar or Athar. Uh, and we said that normally, though it is sometimes also used to include hadith, but its most common usage, athar or athar, means the report from the sahaba or tabi'in or those who came after the Prophet. <laughs>